Hello, today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls at Startup, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kilda Sim, how are you? I am good. I am feeling very startup-y. I'm feeling very foundry. I came back at the time of recording. This was the week where I went to a venture capital event where there was just lots of founders, lots of investors. It was like 800 people. Tim Brown, the founder of Allbirds, you know, like the shoe Mm. company, he spoke. The co-founder of Canva came and spoke. It was just very inspiring. Cool. So you're feeling inspired i'm feeling you know when you pick up energy and you're just like in a place where the energy is like what you want it to be it's like you're just surrounded by people that like are interested in business and growth and just Mm -hmm. it was very fun so yeah i'm I'm very excited to talk today i will say though i have never had so many people touch me in my life in one event really yeah we made a post about it because it just ended up being such an interesting concept you know when you're talking to someone Mm-hmm. and someone wants your attention yes usually the like right thing to do is to like come in front of you and just kind of like wait until the conversation stopped or like interject if you like be like hey so sorry to interrupt by the way love the work you're doing or like whatever yeah. it is yeah and that's like usually fine because you see them coming towards you and they just mm-hmm. kind of wave and you can kind of give them like a signal of like I'll be with you in a second like just finishing up here and you can see them and you can see you them see them coming yeah the amount of times yesterday I just I'm gonna put it down to like you know it's new COVID happened we haven't been out and about for a while and therefore we've kind of forgotten like this networking etiquette not to touch people yeah well I think we've just overcorrected the amount of times people someone ran up behind me and like grabbed me oh the amount of people that like came up behind me and like tapped my shoulder which I guess is not the end of the world but like poked my back that was not okay. <laughs> someone like put their hand on my waist. Someone caressed my arm. Mm-hmm. Like someone literally, I guess I had goose. I did have goose bumps actually, but as they came up to me, started talking to me and they like started like rubbing my arm and I was like, I oh. please don't do that. Hmm. That's not okay for a complete stranger. For a complete stranger. Someone put their hand on my thigh. Oh. And I was like, I am so overstimulated. I have not, you know, those TikToks when mums are like, I just need people to stop touching me. Yeah. 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 I don't know what it is. I'm going to put it down to obviously a lot of them were just guys. I don't think a lot of women just like come up and run up behind you like that. I was going to ask, I was like, who's touching your thigh (laughs) and rubbing your arm? Like random people that you don't know. Yeah. Disgusting. (laughs) The lower back one is the typical one that men tend to even if you're like in their way they'll like kind of touch your lower back and you're like unnecessary yeah I once had someone uh, just to get past me like two hands around my waist I was like you didn't you didn't need to do that Mm -mm, you don't know me (laughs) but besides being a little bit yeah just overstep I look I love it when people come and talk to me I don't want anyone to take this and be like awesome just need space come and talk to me I've never said no I'll never say no we're not Beyonce we're just girls that invest but please don't come up behind me and touch me because I don't know what's coming. You know you're a safe person. Mm. I don't know that. You yeah. know that you, you know, are just someone that wants to have a chat. I see nothing and I feel 
startled first and then I have to pretend that I wasn't startled because I don't want to like jump out of my skin and like look at you Mm. and be like what the heck was that um excuse you (laughs) no thank you I think going forward now when people do it I'm just gonna actually be startled and like show like the jump so that they're like oh Mm. maybe I shouldn't do that to someone else yeah I get like frightened easily like you can give me a fright really easily and so if people are coming from behind me I will literally be like oh like jump and be like oh and and I'm really ticklish as well so I will actually jump maybe you should start doing that and then people will be like oh well I probably shouldn't have approached you like that oh I thought you were gonna say maybe I should start tickling people I was like no I don't oh no that's a hard no well it's a really good segue into the topic of today which is how to manage business lifestyle creep now this episode I actually have to give a shout out to Ryan John because he commented on a LinkedIn post I had made where I just like referenced a few things that I had done that had helped grow GTI and one of them was avoiding business lifestyle creep and he was like business lifestyle creep that's that's an interesting concept and I was like you know what it is I don't think it's talked about I've never heard anyone else talk about it before and so I'm happy to have a chat today because guess what There has been so many businesses that I have seen that have gotten this big injection of money, they've grown really quickly, and then they experience business lifestyle creep, and a company that once was so successful has ended up having to shut down because they Mm. weren't able to manage the lifestyle creep that came in the business. But let's talk about what it means, let's talk about how we can deal with it, and let's talk about how to put in the right steps so it doesn't happen to you. Yes. So, Sim, can you explain what business lifestyle creep is? I have an understanding of just in general what lifestyle creep is, but can you tell us what it is? Absolutely. So lifestyle creep in general, for those that don't know, is when, let's say I get a pay rise in my job and my pay rise for my nine to five job means I think, okay, well, now that I have like $10,000 more, that means I can like go to fancier restaurants. That means I'm not buying and shopping from like Target or Walmart this month. I'm going to go to Aritzia or I'm going to go to like a fancier place. It's when you're Yes, the money that comes in increases, but the the money that you start spending also increases. Like you update your, you know, Toyota Aqua to a Lexus. Like all these things start to increase because you feel like, well, someone that makes this amount of money should probably have these nicer things. Now, when that applies to business, that is very similar when you start going, oh, like let's say you've just started making your first you know, dollar, and then suddenly you reach six figures. And that's amazing. That's a big milestone. You're like, I am a six-figure company. That is so cool. Suddenly there is the incentive or the desire to start spending more and being like, well, a Mm six-figure business owner wouldn't just be working out of like this crappy little office. I should go get a big office with like, you know, floor to ceiling glass panels or a business owner like myself probably shouldn't be dressing this way. Let me go out and get a brand new wardrobe or let me update my car. And so business lifestyle creep in one simple sentence is the increase in your spending that you do for a business because your business is making more, which ends up resulting in not a lot of cash flow and instead a business that doesn't do any better than when it was making $1,000. Yeah. Okay. I completely understand it. It's like you are making more, but you are spending more and therefore the increase of your income or your cash flow 
has actually reduced despite you, you know, quote, having more money, but you're just spending it all. And another example could be like, so let's say when you start off with your business, you have a profit margin of 80%. So for every $100 mm-hmm. that your business brings in, $20 of that goes to the upkeep of the business, you know, paying the rent, paying people or the software that you use, that's a 80% profit margin. Now, some people believe that in my business, if I make more money, my profit margins will stay 80%. So if I make $100,000, my profit margin should be Mm $80,000. As your business grows, however, your profit margins tend to get smaller. The bigger the business, the smaller the profit margin. It doesn't mean you make less money because a 60% profit margin of a million dollars is still larger than a 90% profit margin of $100,000. So we we don't mind profit margins shrinking, but that just happens in general. And so when you have business lifestyle creep, yes, everyone's profit margins get smaller, but now you're just like adding fuel to the fire. You're making it easier. You're, you're like holding up a sign and saying, take me down. Mm, okay. Yeah. And is this common, Sim? Is it common to have business lifestyle creep? Yes. I would say it is as common as breathing. It is as common as drinking water. It is human nature. We are always, and especially imagine the person who's a business owner, someone that's a business owner or someone that's got a startup. They're probably high achievers. They're probably people that have big goals. They're aspirational and they're always looking for the next thing. So we as business owners are more susceptible, I would say, than the average person to lifestyle creep in general. We Mm -hmm. aren't working hard to have a one-bedroom studio in someone's like downstairs apartment. I see that. We're not doing all this work 80-hour weeks so that we can continue to drive the car that we bought when we were 16. Like we naturally do want the nicer things, whatever that may look like for some people. That's the travel, the home, the family, the financial independence. So it's just really important for everyone, but especially us to keep that in mind. Have you seen an example of someone do this? I mean, I've experienced lifestyle creep myself, but I think to be fair, I mean, even this year, I'm earning more than I have before and I'm treating myself a lot more. But I would say that treating myself is very value-based spending though. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of not on frivolous things like I'm not a car person or like a shoe person I haven't gone out and bought like heaps of shoes just because they're in trend or upgraded my car or like really glitzy jewelry or anything like that it's more so I've just kind of I have a lot more massages now which is fabulous but I think I see it common and just lifestyle creep in everyone actually which I understand because you want to treat yourself exactly. You are not working so hard to stay where you have been, but then I think when it goes unchecked, it yeah obviously gets out of control, and especially in business, that is just a major problem. Mm-hmm. It really is. And the best thing about it is if you learn about it early, then you can manage it early. If you can know that this is something to look out for, then you're like, okay, I'm starting to see signs of it. I've seen people do it, but it's just, it's so easy to do. And I don't blame anyone that's had to realize that maybe this is happening to me. Maybe this is something I've done. Mm. And have you experienced this in business, Sim? Maya, two weeks ago, we were recording in a storage room. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that was because the office that I am renting, which is not like an expensive office or it's okay. It's like the rent is like $16,000 a year. It's not the end of the world. There was construction going out outside and children playing outside and ambulances going around. And we literally had to move to the storage room just to do it in peace and quiet instead of like trying to organize or hire out another studio. So you tell me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know exactly your your business moves, all of the business things that you do. As someone in the business, how about this? As someone that's like, that's what you see. I do not see lifestyle creep. No. Maya's like, if anything, I see you reclining. <laughs> yeah. If anything, I'm like, treat yourself more girlfriend. <laughs> I would say at GTI, there's like some things that we've definitely invested in. And I think business lifestyle creep for us has been things like podcast equipment. So the podcast equipment that we started off with was like, you know, these blue Yeti microphones, they were $200. We didn't really upgrade them for the first two, three years. And that was because we just thought they were fine. But then when people started complaining about podcast quality and audio and production, you know, me and Sonia used to edit them and then it was just Sonia editing them. And then after a while you were like, we were like, you know what, let's invest some money. And Mm. so when we did upgrade, we could have gone for like mid tier, but we bought the very best. So like the microphones that we're using, the sure microphones, like you've got one that you've got in the studio. I've got one in the studio. Sonia's got one in Canada. She literally took it to Canada with her. There's these Mm. like big microphone setups and that equipment, I think it's like $3,000 for one person to like set up. Like it's not $200 anymore. So that was Mm -hmm. a big jump. And like the cameras we use when we do our courses and our recordings, that's the camera plus lens sits at like $5,000 per camera. And so there's some things that I'm like, that's really crazy given that we used to work on like $1,000 cameras. But I think it just comes down to balancing the expenses, like I think it's good to, in the same way with your personal finances, there's some things like Maya really values self-care and spending money on things that like bring her peace and I really value travel. And so there's things that we will splurge on for us, that's equipment. Mm -hmm. And then there's things that like I just, you couldn't pay me to spend money on. And I think there's lots of things in our business that fall into that category as well. Mm. So this is showing my, um, (laughs) I'm a treat yourself girl, but I think to go a few years with, you know, having $200 equipment being a media company. Okay. When you say it like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't particularly see that as lifestyle creep. Yes. You could have definitely got in like a mid mid range equipment and things like that. But I think of the sustainability and the longevity of how long this equipment will last. So, mm. but how have you managed to stay or avoid business lifestyle creep. Well, I ha- I hate spending money, so that helps. Like when I mm-hmm. whenever I spend money okay. from the business, I'm just like, oh, do we need this? But realistically, I think I've had this mental list. And if you're listening at home and you want to start a business or you've got a business, a startup, and you want to make sure you don't fall for lifestyle creep, I would make a, like a two column list. And one is what does my business value? And the other list is what is not a value in my business? And for us, our values are things like obviously high quality content. So high quality content means good audio. It means good editing. It means we're not the sound engineers. We have someone that's amazing that does that for us. And that's their full-time job. It's not even like a little part-time gig. Like this is, you know, someone's entire business. Mm -hmm. And we went out and found someone that was like, 
amazing industry standard. Like we did a lot of research into them that they didn't know. So Sam, if you're listening to this, hello, I stalked you. Hi. (laughs) And then, you know, like I said, the podcast audio has to be good. The video has to be the absolute best. Like I found the best YouTubers cameras. And then I was like, I'm just going to buy their cameras and their lenses and their software. And so when you know what your values are, then if you spend money on something that's a value, it's not as bad because you're like, well, this is helpful long-term. And this is like you said, it's going to pay off because we're going to use this every single day. Whereas like for a long time, Sonia and I, our office was So if anyone is, I guess this is very niche, if you live in New Zealand, which I know not a lot of our audience do anymore, there is a city or a little suburb called Milford. And Milford is where all the old people live. If you are young and you live in Milford and you're like, not me, you know what I'm talking about. We've seen the age range there. It's not young. And so I had an office in Milford that was above a butcher Mm. and you'd be like, is that like a loud place? No, I don't think they did anything there. I think they just sold the meat there meat yeah and it was this quiet little suburban neighborhood and there was just like a little corner store and a butcher and we were the office above and everyone else were like psychologists and counselors so all these rooms were taken up by therapists and there was like a shared seating area and one of the rooms just happened to be the girls that invest headquarters (laughs) and my rent was like $800 a week but all I needed was an office space that was close to my house that was away from you know home and all the noises at home Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really a value of me to move out or to to leave. I only left because there was just like mold growing on the window that they told me they would fix and it had been a year and I was like, I'm literally breathing in mold every day. I need to move. Mm, that's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. So mm. when my health was at risk after a year, I considered yep. moving and now I'm in a much bigger office. The windows open up, but sometimes it gets noisy and I have to work from the storage room. So we're not at the stage where we're spending large. There's this place called the Beehive, which is like this office space that's really cool and it's fancy and that it's like has the energy of a place that would have like a big slide in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yes. But I wanted to go there, but the rent for that place, I was like, I'm just going to sit. All I need is somewhere that has enough space for a table and a chair and windows and a white wall so I can record. I don't need anything else. And so, yeah, it just comes down to knowing what does your company value. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today.
and therefore what are you going to spend your money on? Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Although it would be cool to have the GTI headquarters in a place that has like slides and probably like slushies for lunches and stuff. No. Maya's just like <laughs> thinking about when she comes into the office for her recording sometimes. Look, and that's the other thing. We're not a business where people come into our office, so we mm. don't need to impress anyone. We just need to impress them with the content. But where we make the content, that's just what, as long as I'm okay with it, as long as I don't mind seeing it, like it's a nice office. Mm. I'm also in a co-working space here, but... I think it's easier when you're a stingy person to not have business lifestyle creep but okay if you're someone that's really prone to spending I think just being able to refer back to that list and go okay these chairs are really nice my values is a comfortable workspace therefore I will buy the fancy chair but do I really need that chair to be three thousand dollars would a five hundred dollar comfortable chair do the job for me Mm. and so some maybe playing the devil's advocate a little bit imagine from a perspective of someone who is quite loose with their money who you know has been working really really hard been grinding and finally has stepped into more income in their business and has gone past that you know treating yourself you kind of deserve this how would you say okay that spending more money than they should where it's starting to become detrimental to their business what would you say to them thinking of someone who's really loose with their money I think if you are spending a lot or you feel like maybe I'm spending more than I should most business owners don't sit down every single month and look at their profit and loss statement. If you use an accounting software, so things like Zero, things like MYOB, Henry, whatever you use, if you can sit down and see what's the money coming into my business and what's the money going out of my business, if you're happy with that, if you're like, yeah, okay, well, yes, I spend a lot, but I'm making a lot and I can justify it, that's fine. But you're probably not if you're asking this question in in the context that you are. Mm. If you know exactly what that number is, that might be a little bit of a wake-up call. It's the exact same with your personal finance. Like if you're a spender, it's very easy to keep your head kind of buried in the sand or it's quite easy Mm. to avoid or not check just not look at it just not look at it because if you don't look you don't know and all you see is the nice things in your office all you see is the you know nice car that your company has leased out on behalf of you because you're like I'm a baller I need I want to feel good and there's all these other things that make you happy yes I believe in like value-based spending obviously but you can't have everything as your value you can't be like Mm. I need the nice office and I'm going to treat everyone out and I'm going to do this and that. Like I think one thing that GTI splurges on maybe than other companies is because we're not a very large team. We can sometimes treat the team a little bit more. Or if we, let's say we like interview someone or they've really helped us in the business. We're a little bit loose with like, I'll just be like, let's send them a bouquet of flowers. Like the amount of money we have spent on flowers is probably abnormal. If the IRD was checking our statements, they'd be like, is this, what's going on? Are you funneling money into the flower industry? (laughs) Is this your next business venture? What are, what are we doing? Yeah. Do you also own flowers after hours? (laughs) That's a cool name. Yeah. It's a good company. Okay. So pretty much a little bit of a wake up call, sit down, be real with yourself because I think people deep down, you know, they know, even if they're avoiding it, 
they know. And if you're like, oh, but how do I even measure it? Like, Because in one of my first businesses when I was younger, all I had was my bank account statements. And bank account statements are mm-hmm. very hard to align or understand like what those things are for, what it adds up to. If you have accounting software, that's a really good thing because it just lets you like connect like every single dollar or every single purchase rather to a category. So you can be like, okay, this month I spent X amount on X thing. So let me give you an actual real life example. I'm going to log into our accounting software and I'm going to share with you what we spend in a month on our products. And that's going to give you a little bit of an idea of what we spend and where you kind of sit in maybe the business lifestyle creep. Okay, lovely. So for example, we spend like $240 a month on accounting fees and we have bank charges every single month. That's $8.50, which is honestly quite high personally. (laughs) We have things like office expenses. Like if we're buying something for the office, we didn't buy anything this month for the office, but I can see I'm comparing it to three years ago or the last three years. And last year, this month, we spent $846 for office expenses. And so like if that was something that was consistent and I was like, damn, like every single month I'm buying office expenses. Like why am I continuously Mm. updating the office? That's not okay. But because I have this data that says, Yes, I spent $800 on office stuff, but I didn't do it any other time across four years. That's kind of doable. And so like staff expenses this month was, staff expenses are just like, you know, if we buy something for the staff or if we treat the staff out like entertainment, it was $145 this month. This month last year was 117 Subscriptions this month were only $95. Like, so we can kind of do things and see how we're going and if we're getting worse month by month or year by year. And that helps me compare. If you're thinking, I don't have like software, it's too expensive. You can just get an Excel spreadsheet and just download the CSV file of your bank statements and then just Mm -hmm. make on the side of each thing like a category and just put things down as like, company wages you can break it down into accounting fees advertising bank charges consultancy office expenses legal expenses rent staff expenses subscriptions and wages and salaries and if you just put everything into those categories and you just kind of track it every single month yes that's expensive in terms of your time but then you can start seeing month on month am i spending more and more and more Or is it a consistent spend? And the beauty of doing this is if you need to cut down, you probably know exactly what you need to let go of. Mm. So when you have that knowledge, it just makes it a lot easier to avoid the creep. Oh, okay. And that's very tangible. You know, it's not too confusing. No. It also, do you think there's like a psychological element to it? Like, do you think people feel pressured to like maintain or make it seem like, well, if our business looks like it's expensive, people probably are going to assume we're doing well. Oh, for sure. There definitely is. It just kind of, of course, depends on what your business is. But there is societal pressures. And then even like within yourself, what you think someone of your business should be behaving in some kind of way. You know, you can also shame yourself in that kind of way Mm -hmm. as well. And being like, I own a successful landscaping business and my landscaping in my house looks shit. Mm. So like there is an element of, you know, if you're 
kind of need to also speak what you teach. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it would look pretty bad if we were like, yeah, we're GTI and also we have no money ourselves or we don't invest or like our investments are dropping. Or if I was talking about this episode about like making a seven-figure business and our business was like failing. Like I get that. That's true. I think in my opinion, if I meet a business owner and they are super flashy and they constantly talk about all the amazing things that they've been able to buy from their business, that's like red flag energy to me. Mm. Like I remember, yeah, and this is maybe me being judgmental and that's okay. Sometimes it happens. I try not to be, but I remember reading an article about someone who was like, my business was failing. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, you know, they're really close to bankruptcy. And then like a year later, they got the lease for this very, very fancy, 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 smancy office space. And I was like, that's Mm. like the most expensive area to get an office. And I know where you live. And that is like 40 minutes from where you live. Like this is not convenient, nor cost effective. And you were close to bankruptcy less than a year ago. What's happened? Yeah, that's, I say, irresponsible. That's when I'm like, that's business bloat right there. Mm, Yeah. So do you quickly have any steps that we can avoid? I think number one is unfollow anyone on social media because I know business owners or people that want to start businesses, we like to follow people that inspire us, look like us, have the life that we want to live. And if they're teaching you business content or if they're sharing what they do, that's awesome. That's inspiring. And if you look at their life and you're like, okay, I want to be like them, that's fantastic. However, sometimes we're not in the right headspace to be following those people. It's nothing wrong with what they do. But it makes us feel like we need to start spending money to look like we've achieved what they have or we believe Mm. to get to where they are, we have to dress the way they dress. I remember there's this person, amazing, successful business owner, and they have – I actually don't know what it is. It's either a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. It's one of those low cars. (laughs) It's one or the other. Either way, it's – Very expensive. And I just remember seeing them always post about their car and they do like car meetups with their friends who are also business owners (laughs) and they also have fancy cars and it's like a Rolls Royce and a Ferrari and a, I don't know, a G-Wagon and all the cars. Nothing wrong with it. I think that's amazing. As someone that can buy one of those cars, I just don't want to. And I feel like following them for so long made me think that I should I was like is my Mm. Mazda CX-3 not good enough is this what we business owners do yeah is this what we business owners do because it is so powerful the like desire to belong is so powerful that if you see every single successful business owner with a certain handbag or a certain pair of shoes if everyone was in Mm. Louis Vuittons I promise you I would be in it too like I am not above peer pressure (laughs) so it is so important to watch who you're following who you look up to and if they make you feel that you should be spending more than you know you should be spending just unfollow them for like six months just to give yourself Mm -hmm. a break the second step to make sure that your business is not experiencing lifestyle creep as a business is having an accountant because honestly, I know you'll be like, you'd literally want me to spend more money just to make Mm -hmm. sure I don't have money. Nothing (laughs) makes you humble than knowing someone is judging and seeing the money in your bank account. Because if it's just me dealing with it, if I'm a small business and I'm like, well, no one knows that I like bought this 3000, I don't know, large laptop that I probably didn't need. But if I have to like explain that to my accountant, I'm just going to be less likely to do it. 
for sure. Shame is a strong tool. It, <laughs> it's a very strong tool because you know they'll just look at you and they'll be like, really? You needed this? Sometimes my accountant will be like, hey, just wanted to confirm. They're like, I didn't quite understand like the codes on this. I just <laughs> wanted to confirm that that was $2,000 at the rock shop. And I'm like, I know, like in my heart, I know it's just podcast equipment or I'm buying like, you know, the interface for for Maya or something, but I'm like, it just doesn't look good. Yeah. That's a little, what is it? Good thing to check yourself. Accountability buddy. Accountability buddy. I think the third is having a range of business owner friends. I think it's been so helpful for me because I have friends that are in business that, have such amazing careers and jobs and their businesses are thriving and some of them will have nicer things for their business and some of them will have not as nice things for their business and it's so nice to see like we all just value different things I went to a friend's house and she had a home office and she does a lot of similar stuff to what we do but she just does it from home it's a spare bedroom bless her sometimes you know you just end up thinking, should my office be like on the 12th floor of some like sky rise building? Because a multi seven figure business shouldn't just be like in a shared office space. And so when you hang out with people that have the same values as you and they're spending similar amounts to you and they're earning similar amounts to you, it just helps you, I don't know, keep a benchmark of what really happens and you're not comparing yourself to people online where they're showing the best of themselves, but you're seeing real life ups and downs Mm. like if you didn't work at GTI or like didn't know me and someone was like what do you imagine like a media company that makes seven figures like where do you imagine they are what do you imagine they do I think it would probably be a different answer and I think now that you've seen this I'm assuming actually I think maybe you'd be more comfortable to be scrappy at the start because you're like oh I've seen it it's normal yeah oh for sure like I even still when I hear about how scrappy you have been and even still sometimes how you're not scrappy like you were before, but how like really resourceful you are just because you're like, I can just do it myself. It's really nice to hear because you do have this, you know, big, amazing business, but even still you reflect on your values and you're like, well, I can just do that myself instead of to pay extra, you know, to pay someone to do it. You're not beneath the kind of jobs that you need to do for your business. And that's really lovely to witness. Thank you. Yeah. I'm definitely not too good for anything. My team, I'll be like, Hey guys, can we do this? And they'll be like, just do it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That is, I will a, okay. I'll do it. Well, I think that's really interesting. Did you have any other questions for me or do you think that's everything you've wanted to ask? Yeah, that covered stuff. And your steps were things that I didn't actually think would be a thing. Like, you know, first unfollowing people off social media, something so simple, but can be really impactful, especially in this day of social media. So no, very helpful. Thank you. Well, I hope that in this episode, if you've listened all the way through, you've been able to take away something that has made you either prepare for business lifestyle creep or has made you realize that you can manage it no matter what. There's no shame in it. It happens to all Mm. of us, whether it's personal or business. But the best part about it is it's not permanent because every single thing that you spend money on, you don't have to buy that again. You can slow down. If you Mm -hmm. have to change your mindset on something, that is something that is, I guess, 
changeable, tangible, but it just comes down to having that conversation, being realistic with yourself and actually knowing what those numbers are. Because if you can't measure it, you cannot change it. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, if you've been able to take anything away, if you found it helpful, please, all we ask is that you take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story, send it to a friend that you think has business lifestyle creep and could benefit (laughs) from this. It'd be a really great conversation starter for sure. And I'll see you next week, Maya. Kakite. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer. Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.